Realtor.com is making a stand for buyer representation, and you can too. Join Realtor.com in sharing the list of 111 things buyer's agents do. Visit Realtor.com slash buyer agent toolkit to help spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. It's going to be uh, a very interesting market for the next several years. Uh, the biggest concerns that I have about the market today are affordability. You know, with interest rates rising above five and a half percent this week, uh, and of course the acceleration of home values. Uh, you know, it's pricing so many of the first-time home buyers out of the market. Not to mention the fact that they're competing against many buyers that are coming to the market with cash. Uh, So, you know, I think as an industry, uh, we really need to be focused on delivering affordable uh, homes to the market to give those first time home buyers an opportunity uh, to be owners of real estate. It has also changed the landscape, quite frankly, with regards to uh, the level of expertise that an agent needs. Um, This is a really tough market uh, to compete in if you're an agent. And uh, there's been what I would consider to be a flight to quality uh, on the agent side of the business, especially, you know, with buyers. As I, you know, have conversation with agents across our platform, I would tell you that probably on average, uh, we're seeing agents having to write 10 contracts in order to get a contract signed. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Building a business is a lot like building a house. It's important to have a strong foundation. If you're a real estate agent, that includes partnering with an independent mortgage broker. Someone in your area who can shop multiple lenders and provide your buyers with faster closings, lower wholesale rates, and lower monthly payments. Find your local mortgage partner today at findamortgagebroker.com. Powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 3308. Many of you know Rick Davidson. He's been in the industry for a long time previously with Century 21 and Coldwell Banker. He's now the chairman and CEO of Karen Real Estate Holdings, and they made some news um, with their acquisition of JPAR in Texas. So we wanted to talk to Rick about what Karen um, Real Estate is up to and get a little information about the model that they are employing. So what I thought was really interesting is that they are definitely model agnostic. Um, He says they're not building a national brand, but instead a consortium of companies so that they can pass on flexibility to their agents so that they can position themselves locally. So he talks a lot about that structure and how he's differentiating himself from other competitors. And I think the conversation is just a really interesting one to see the new models that are are being um, employed throughout the industry, whether they're just slightly tweaked um, or new-ish. I think that it's good to know. So enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Rick Davidson, Chairman and CEO of Karen Real Estate Holdings, 
Rick has had many years in real estate leadership, including a stint as the CEO of Century 21 and COO of Coldwell Banker Real Estate. With Karen, he's building a network of real estate companies offering a seamless transaction to real estate consumers. So welcome, Rick. Thank you very much, Tracy. Uh, great to spend time with you. Yeah, so I know that you made headlines um, recently with your acquisitions of your castle and JPAR, but no one really knows a lot about Karen. So why don't you just tell me a little bit about your company and your structure? Sounds great. Well, you know, I think it's by design. You won't see a lot about Karen in the press. Uh, we're really focused on our attention of our agents and the brands that make up our portfolio of companies. Uh, we're not building a national brand. Uh, instead, we are building a national portfolio or consortium of companies who have individually developed a strong brand presence in their respective market. Uh, so Karen Real Estate Holdings is a partnership uh, between myself and a private equity investor, Aperion Management. Uh, we're focused on a buy-build strategy uh, in the real estate services industry. And you know, specifically, not just brokerage, uh, but uh, more a comprehensive ecosystem, if you will, of services related to home purchase and home sale. Today, uh, we own four incredibly strong companies, uh, including JPAR, JPAR Franchising, Your Castle Real Estate, and Shorewood Real Estate. Uh, and we will be announcing uh, the launch of title and mortgage operations in the coming months, along with additional brokerage acquisitions in key markets. And you know, just to give you a sense of scale, uh, in 2021, uh, the Karen portfolio of companies closed over uh, 31,000 home sales and more than $10 billion worth of volume across our 4,300 agents. Okay, great. So, and let's go a little bit deeper into that network of real estate companies. Um, you know, what do you envision that to look like in the coming years, especially as you add core services to, to your portfolio? Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, the vision for Karen is to build this nationwide network of real estate services companies where we leverage on the, the strength of local market brands and agents. Uh, and we will deliver this vertically integrated, comprehensive ecosystem of consumer-related services that will allow our agents to be able to leverage in delivering value for their customer. Um, you know, we're in the agent business, uh, and we understand that really the agent is at the center of the real estate transaction. Uh, and consumers really look for a trusted advisor today, uh, especially today uh, in this, you know, very interesting, highly competitive market uh, that we are playing in uh, in 2022. And these trusted advisors need to be able to not only effectively execute on, you know, the complicated process of home purchase or home sale, but they're also, you know, the consumer is also looking for them to be able to deliver a streamlined process uh, utilizing the right technology uh, and leveraging what I would call a trusted partner network of service providers. Um, you know, that could include mortgage, title, escrow, insurance, home warranty, home inspection, property management. Uh, and there are numerous other verticals within the sector, including commercial real estate services. Okay, great. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the type of brokerage that you're looking to bring into your network. Is there a specific business model? Do they have to be independents? Do they, um, you know, tell me a little bit about that value proposition and, and what you're looking for in a, in a brokerage firm that you're acquiring. Yeah, you know, this is a part uh, about what we're doing that I love to talk about. Um, 
First, we're brand and model agnostic, uh, meaning that we're focused on acquiring companies regardless of brand or agent compensation model who have built a strong presence in their respective market. Uh, Companies that have created tremendous goodwill with their respective brand uh, have great reputations and of course, high levels of integrity and have shown consistent growth in financial performance. Uh, Second, we allow our local market operators to operate with a tremendous amount of autonomy. And one of the key factors that we really focus on in our due diligence process in an acquisition is leadership and the leadership bench. Um, You know, we know uh, that these owners or sellers uh, that have built these companies typically over decades uh, understand their local market and the dynamics far better than we do. And, you know, they have spent years building the reputation and the relationships in and out of the industry in their local markets. Uh, And there is, you know, just significant value in the people who are part of our local market operations. So we really look to them and their leadership teams to help to guide our longer term strategy uh, for growth in that respective market. Third, you know, we bring financial strength and financial acumen, uh, including both growth capital uh, and a significant amount of deal expertise. So, you know, we work very closely with our, our local market leaders in identifying growth opportunity, uh, both organic and inorganic, and we're able to move quickly and execute quickly. Uh, and since we're really buying profitable market position, we're highly focused on growth locally and across the entire enterprise. Um, we're entrepreneurial and we're nimble. Uh, we move at the speed of the market and the speed of the industry. And my private equity partners are, you know, incredibly smart professionals who really understand the need to be able to move with quick precision. Um, You know, next, and something that I think is incredibly important, uh, we're financially strong. Uh, We are highly focused on profitability. And then the strategic use of our capital to provide resources to our agents and to their customers. And, We invest heavily in our platform. Uh, We have a keen eye to the market to identify resources that we think that will continue to enhance our value proposition and further our growth strategy. And then lastly, we're building a team of some of the most talented people in the industry. Um, We've created our own masterminds, if you will, uh, and we work very closely together to leverage the collective think of our team. Um, as we build forward, you know, this team of industry professionals is going to continue to grow uh, along with our ability to then work cross market and helping one another to navigate what is a very dynamic industry. Okay, great. And a question I get asked a lot is um, because people don't know about you um, and they don't know a lot about peerage either. Um, and, and they think that you're very similar I want you to tell me the differences. Um, so, you know, for, first and foremost, uh, you know, Gavin Schwartzman and the team at Peerage are uh, incredible professionals. Uh, and we've, we've spent time together, you know, talking about uh, strategies and their approach versus our approach. Um, we're really focused on a succession play. Uh, so I think we should take some time to talk about this later, but um you know, there's this silver tsunami that is happening across the industry, and it's very real. Uh, and, you know, if, if, if you step back for just a moment, and I, know, I don't mean to digress from your question about the differences between our platforms, but I think this is an important point. If you step back to 2006, um, there were a lot of real estate brokerage owners and other owners of various service companies in the real estate space 
who were either at or near retirement age, and they were contemplating succession. Then 2007 hits. We all know what happened. Um, and, you know, people had to work really hard in their business for the course of the next decade. Now you get to 2017, where, you know, the, the industry, the market started to really perform again in 2013. It gave these company owners, you know, four solid years of building back value within their company uh, to have something that would be a saleable interest, if you will. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the market really started to improve. And of course, fast forward another five years to 2021, uh, and we find ourselves in the midst of a pandemic, uh, you know, a very scary uh, situation with a lot of uncertainty. Uh, and, you know, company owners were really hunkered down and focused uh, on their business and protecting their bottom line. But if you think about that for a moment and look all the way back to 2006, that's 15 years since many of these company owners had considered succession to where they are today. So they've been not necessarily stuck in their business, but the need to really focus to enhance value of their companies. So we really think that there is a tremendous opportunity for a roll-up strategy uh, in the market today as a result of many of these broker owners who are aging out and who are looking for succession plans. Um, I think the primary difference between what Karen Real Estate Holdings and Peerage are doing is Peerage is looking for owners who potentially want to take some chips off the table, but really want to stay in their business uh, for some period of time. Peerage, uh, you know, acquires an interest in the company and then provides access to uh, growth capital uh, and helps those organizations to build and grow beyond what their you know, current size uh, is in the market. What we're doing differently is, uh, you know, we're acquiring 100% of the asset. You know, we're looking then to optimize and drive efficiency across our entire enterprise to deliver a higher margin uh, at the local market level. I'd say those are the primary differences. Okay, great. Um, that's really helpful to to understand for me as well as our our audience for sure. So thank you for for explaining that. And I the the whole silver tsunami is so accurate. I mean, you know, any information about succession planning is, is something that I know our readers are, are looking for right now. And, you know, obviously Steve Murray's business has been very active with M&A work. Um, so, so it's really interesting that how much of that is going on right now. Um, and I want to talk about company growth. So tell me a little bit about where your focus is right now. You talked about bringing on some title and mortgage. Um, are you are you multifocused in looking for opportunities in brokerage as well as some of these core services? Um, explain to me a little bit about your your growth plan for the next year or so. Yeah, of course. Uh, so, you know, out of the gate, we were really focused on building transaction volume. Uh, we wanted to establish an enterprise which would then provide for the ability for us to be able to expand and invest in a broader platform. Uh, and as mentioned before, you know, we've executed on this initial phase incredibly well and in a very short period of time. Um, we just hit the market 12 months ago. So uh, now, you know, we include the largest independent real estate firm in the state of Texas connected to a growing franchise platform, as well as the largest independent real estate firm on the front range in Colorado uh, as part of our portfolio of companies. And, you know, frankly, we're really just getting started. Uh, so today <clears throat> we're really focused on parallel tracks. Uh, one is a strategic and targeted acquisition strategy 
for brokerage companies uh, in the markets that we think are the right markets to be in. Uh, and then two is the launch of numerous industry verticals and or the development of our ecosystem of ancillary services. Uh, and three is then the overlay, uh, the veneer, if you will, uh, from an enterprise level to have the right technology platforms and to continue enhancing our value proposition and streamlining the home purchase and home sale process for both our agents and our customers. That's really where our primary focus is this year. Okay. And do you have a, a technology platform right now, or is that something you're working on? So we don't have uh, a platform at the enterprise level today. Um, you know, we're, uh, because we're, we've grown so rapidly, um, we're really taking, you know, the time that's necessary uh, to look at the market. Um, you know, the one thing that I will tell you is that individually at the companies that, uh, that are part of the current portfolio, yes, of course, we have uh, really significant technology platforms. Uh, that you know provide tremendous value to the agents. Um, what we're looking for is something that's going to be an enterprise play for us and uh, will really allow us to maximize the value of bringing all of these companies together and then the vertical integration of these ancillary service lines. So you know one thing I will tell you is uh, you know we're a buyer, not a builder. Um, there is so much money that has been invested in venture capital in the prop tech sector. Uh, over the course of you know the last decade, um, you could go back and it's it's certainly tens and tens of millions of dollars. Uh, we're smart enough to know that there's a lot smarter people out there uh, that are building and developing these these platforms that are looking for great partners like Karen Real Estate Holdings uh, to partner up with us with the you know level of uh, transaction volume that we currently have and their ability to be able to attach to the number of agents that we have in our platform. So. You know, we're uh, we're being very uh, very deliberate um, in the way that we're looking at this. Uh, we don't feel a need to come out to talk about our technology. Uh, we want to provide the right platform that's going to deliver the highest level of value for our agents. Okay, great. And this is just a, a question I have: is is there any significance to the name Karen? Where did you come up with the with the name? <laughs> Well, I know that your uh, listeners can't see uh, the wall behind me, but um, you can see that uh, I'm an alpine mountaineer uh, and a Karen, uh, not to be confused with the term Karen that happened to come out over uh, the COVID uh, time frame, <laughs> which was kind of funny. Uh, C-A-I-R-N is actually a navigational device. Um, you know, you find it on trails, you find it uh, alongside of waterways, uh, and uh, we like to say it's a way to navigate your way home. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought it had something to do with that, but I wasn't sure. So um, I'm glad I asked. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk to you about the, the current um, brokerage environment and, you know, obviously not just the brokerage environment, but the market environment as well right now or the economy. Um, is there anything that you're seeing that would cause you to change the way you operate now or um, cause you to add new services other than the ones you've talked about. Um, tell me a little bit about your feelings on that and you know, maybe your feelings on, on the market right now. Yeah, of course. Um, boy, I was having a conversation last evening uh, with some folks outside of the U.S. Uh, just about you know, the incredible dynamics that are happening in our marketplace today. Uh, and you know, again, it stems back uh, to the recession. 
you know, the, the fact that we are in this uh, very tight inventory scenario today really relates back to home builders uh, during the recession and the inability uh, of delivering enough homes in terms of, uh, you know, the need with household formations um, that has really played into it. And, uh, you know, in addition to certainly uh, the pandemic and, you know, the move for a lot of millennials to accelerate life plans and really look to have their own places uh, and just not being able to deliver to deliver the number of homes that are needed in the market today. Um, and this is an issue that I think is going to take us years uh, to work ourselves out of. So um, it's going to be uh, a very interesting market for the next several years. Uh, the biggest concerns that I have about the market today are affordability. Um, you know, with interest rates rising above five and a half percent this week, uh, and of course the acceleration of home values. Uh, you know, it's pricing so many of the first-time home buyers out of the market. Not to mention the fact that they're competing against many buyers that are coming to the market with cash. Uh, so, you know, I think as an industry, uh, we really need to be focused on delivering affordable uh, homes to the market uh, to give those first-time home buyers an opportunity uh, to be owners of real estate. It has also changed the landscape, quite frankly, with regards to uh, the level of expertise that an agent needs. Um, this is a really tough market uh, to compete in if you're an agent. And uh, there's been what I would consider to be a flight to quality uh, on the agent side of the business, um, especially you know, with buyers. As I you know, have conversation with agents across our platform, I would tell you that probably on average, uh, we're seeing agents having to write 10 contracts in order to get a contract signed. Um, that's a significant amount of work. And, uh, you know, if you know how to effectively do that and to effectively assess the market and set the right expectation with your buyer, it can be a far better uh, process, but it's still a difficult one. Uh, and then on the sell side of the equation, you know, uh, sellers think that this is a very simple market for uh, an agent to find success in as a, as a listing agent. But that's not true. Um, you know, when you've got multiple offers uh, on properties in almost every scenario, you have to really be smart to decide who is the right buyer for that home and who's going to be able to perform. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a tough market for some time to come. It's certainly a very good market to be in, but a difficult market at the same time. So, uh, you know, in response to your question, uh, you know, about how the brokerage environment has changed and how we're operating, you know, in response to that directly, first, our model agnostic strategy is really a response to the changing dynamic across the industry. And if you look at virtually every other company in the industry, what they have done is what I call pick the lane. And what I mean by that uh, is that they are tied to their specific agent model. And while there have been a few, there's really been very few that have successfully been able to implement any kind of meaningful change with their model inside of their company without disrupting either their culture or being impacted with agent attrition. And, you know, this model agnostic strategy delivers an opportunity to engage agents across the spectrum of compensation models and to be able to deliver a significant value proposition, regardless of our structure. You know, this would include agent-centric models uh, where agents have the opportunity to leverage a broader platform, but they also have the freedom to brand their respective business or their team the way that they see as the best approach to the market. And 
since we're not building a national brand, but instead, you know, this consortium of companies, we've got the flexibility with that that we pass on to our agents so that they can position themselves locally. And, you know, I I, I got to say that I think our structure is very unique. Uh, in fact, I'm not aware of another firm in the industry that's executing on a similar model. Yeah, it is interesting for sure. Um, and, you know, back to the housing market, you know, with rental price uh, prices rising too, it, it, that makes it, you know, even a more of a double whammy for, for affordability. As far as the, the model, I mean, you know, gosh, I've been in real estate for longer than I care to say, I think 30 years. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I have never seen so many different um, options for agents than there are now. Um, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, as, as we look at, at services uh, in terms of changes, you know, that would cause us to add services, I you know, I would just simply say, we're really focused on the horizon. We're heavily engaged uh, organizationally in what's happening across the industry. I'm a voracious reader of everything real estate related. Um, we work really hard to anticipate the market uh, and the industry and really to understand the trajectory. Uh, and we're nimble enough to be able to effectively respond to this changing market dynamic. So, you know, I guess the direct answer is yes, uh, we will likely add platform enhancements, technology, new service lines as the industry continues to evolve. But we will be very focused on how these enhancements impact our agents' position in the market and our resulting financial performance. Let's take a quick break to talk about the real trends gathering of eagles. Hi, real estate leaders. It's Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. And I wanted to take a moment to highlight uh, two upcoming events that we have running back to back. The first one is on June 26. It's our Deal Makers Conference. And this is not just for real estate leaders who are interested in buying or selling a company. This really speaks to profitability and how to um, build a brokerage with value. We'll also talk about some trends in the merger and acquisition and brokerage valuation business. Um, Steve Murray is hosting the event, and we've got some great speakers for you. Immediately following that is our annual gathering of Eagles, which will run on June 27th through the 28th. This event is for real estate leaders, association executives, um, your entire C-suite, as well as team leaders. And we've got some some great speakers and topics where we're covering everything from mortgages entry into real estate to recruiting and evolving business models, highlighting some of the different business models that are, are your competitors today. We've also are looking into improving capture rates of core services, talking about managing relationships with top teams, and we've got more. In addition, Larry Kendall is our keynote speaker. And in addition to his keynote, he's doing a special ninja workshop. It's a limited um, audience. So it's first come, first serve. So we'd love to have you register for the Gathering of Eagles. Again, it's at the Broadmoor Hotel in Colorado Springs, June 26th through the 29th. The 26th is our Dealmakers Conference. It's a separate registration from the Gathering of Eagles. You can find out everything by going to realtrends.com and clicking on the events tab. Thanks so much and hope to see you there. 
And now back to the podcast. Let's talk a little bit about trends in in the industry right now. Um, You know, what are some of the things that you're seeing? You've been in the industry a long time as well. What are some of the trends that you're seeing that are really impacting, um, you know, agents or brokers um, today? Yeah, I'm 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 also a 30 plus year uh, real estate veteran. So, um, what's you know what's most interesting is the, the the number of changes that we've seen in this business across just the last decade. Um, we could spend hours on that topic alone, um, but you know a few of the primary changes that have really impacted our approach. Um, I'll touch on just a couple. First is how and where agents want to work. Um, you know, we began to see this trend towards a remote work environment years ago, uh, as we saw square footage and occupancy costs per agent begin to decline. However, you know, with COVID uh, and the resulting lockdowns, it really accelerated a tremendous amount of advancements toward this remote work environment that, frankly, would have taken years for the industry to accomplish. And, you know, today, they're more commonplace, whether it's, you know, digital notary, digital closings, video meetings, paperless systems, distance learning, coaching, masterminds, you know, all of these things are being done today in a remote environment, and all of which have changed this business, frankly, for the better. Um, I guess this is one thing that we can be grateful to COVID for. Um, You know, these changes, uh, you know, have and will change the way that we provide resources to agents and the structure by which we're going to determine our direction is going to be focused first on culture. Uh, you know, there are agents and companies who are still office-centric cultures, and that's great. Um, there's a lot of value to having people together and the energy and the synergies that result from that. However, many agents today, you know, don't see the need or frankly don't want to have to be in an office. They prefer a remote work environment, uh, and we need to be able to build our platform to offer both. Uh, We're really well positioned in this regard, uh, and we're going to continue to enhance our environment to meet the changing need of, you know, what I would call today's and tomorrow's agents. Um, Probably one of the next biggest, you know, changes that I've seen uh, is related to iBuyers and institutional buyers. You know, these entrants to the market uh, really created a fundamental shift in the traditional home sale process. And, you know, that said, They've also created opportunity. Uh, and on the iBuyer side, you know, we know there are a few primary players. Uh, however, beyond those primary players, there are numerous platforms that have been launched to provide a similar consumer experience, you know, primarily focused on speed and certainty of the transaction. And we have learned how to leverage these buyers as another arrow in the quiver, if you will, for our agents. Uh, and if the consumer is looking for this kind of service, we can provide it. Um, you know, for example, at JPAR, we offer a platform called JPAR Shore Sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a platform that's powered by Zavi. Uh, and it has, you know, the option of traditional listing, access to the iBuyer market, or we can even do pre-sale funding uh, in a partnership that we have with Knock. In a similar fashion, uh, we have learned to work with institutional buyers. So, you know, I'm a commercial real estate guy by trade, uh, spent 20 years in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan market, work primarily with institutional clients. You really have to understand what an institutional client is looking for 
uh, and providing them access to product, even in today's inventory type marketplace. You have to know how they think. You have to know what processes that they need to deploy. You need to understand what their buy box looks like and how to help them to understand how to effectively compete within the realities of their target markets. A lot of people think that these institutions are only buying on algorithm and AI. They're not. Uh, and we have worked really hard to understand their approach, and we've become a tremendous resource for them at the local market level. So, you know, we're doing a lot of institutional related work. Um, How do you feel about that as it relates to affordability? I mean, you know, I guess it depends on the market because I'm in Florida and there are parts of Florida that are heavy with um, institutional investors in in kind of the affordable home price ranges. Um, Tell me a little bit about how you feel about that. I I think the overall, like if you look nationwide, the percentage is, is not as high as people think, but it definitely impacts certain pockets of, of, you know, the United States. Yeah, you know, Wall Street gets a bad rap uh, a lot of times, right? Um, And I think that uh, it's easy to point to these institutional buyers that are, you know, building these significant portfolios, uh, you know, as taking advantage, uh, if you will, of the marketplace. But the realities are you have to look back uh, to the recession. Uh, This is when this, you know, kind of phenomenon really occurred. Uh, you know, smart, financially smart uh, investors recognize the opportunity to purchase homes, uh, you know, that had that had been that where values had declined uh, to a point of where they saw an opportunity to be able to purchase and later sell uh, for significant returns. Um, that was really good for our industry back then. And there was certainly no one who was complaining about the fact that they were gobbling up, you know, a lot of the inventory that was sitting in the marketplace. That really helped to stabilize the market. Um, I think that a lot of these institutional owners, uh, and I'll say owners versus buyers today, uh, are going to be looking for exit. um, And I think that it will be a trickle uh, of exit strategy. Um, They don't want to impact any particular market by bringing a lot of product to the market at the same time. Uh, Again, they're very uh, savvy investors. Uh, and I think that over time, we will see uh, these, this product come back to the market, not to say that there aren't other institutional buyers who are still buying today as a result of the increases uh, in rental rates uh, that we've seen across the country. So, you know, they're part of the reality of our market today. Um, we have to learn to work with them. We have to understand that they are going to be in certain markets. They're going to look demographically uh, where the best performing markets are uh, in the rental uh, arena. You know, there are institutional owners that are now building for rent communities. Uh, And, you know, those for rent communities are going to bring bring a tremendous amount of value on an overall basis to those local marketplaces. So um, I just see them as another player in the market. And uh, I'm happy to have them in the marketplace. I'm grateful for the work that was done during the recession uh, to help to stabilize the market. And we just have to be really smart from an industry perspective as to how we most effectively work with them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that's definitely kind of leads into my next question of opportunities. You were talking when you were talking about trends, you were also talking about some opportunities. So what are some other um, you know, opportunities you see out there in the market? You know, I think the greatest opportunity for brokers um, in the next year is uh, growth. And uh, a lot of money you know, has been made since the recession. And the opportunity today uh, is 
for these brokers to really focus on deploying some of that capital to effectively expand uh, either through platform enhancements or ancillary service lines or growth in market share through merger and acquisition. Uh, you know, as we've talked about, the silver tsunami is real. Um, you know, there will be hundreds of real estate brokerage owners who will look to execute on succession strategies this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're going to look for the best partner in the market who can, number one, financially perform. Number two, who will care for their people. And number three, and this is really important, to protect their legacy. Uh, and no one better to be able to do that than an industry colleague in their local market that they've come to trust and respect over decades of competing locally. Uh, or, you know, of course, a firm like Karen, uh, who understands kind of these critical considerations and has the ability to be able to respond quickly. Um, I think that that, you know, frankly, is the greatest opportunity for brokers in the market today. Really think beyond, you know, there's a uh, the E-Myth, uh, which is, uh, you know, a book by Michael Gerber that I'm sure a lot of your listeners have read, if not once, multiple times. You know, he talks about the conundrum of the entrepreneur. Do you really focus on working in the business or on your business? And, you know, even if you're a relatively small broker owner in a marketplace, you know, kind of step out of the day-to-day grind of getting the job done and look at the landscape, take a look across the horizon, take a look at you know competitors in the market that you know and trust, uh, and look for opportunities to create merger uh, opportunities and or to partner up in what I would call a frenemy type of partnerships, where perhaps on a combined basis, several brokerage companies to get, can get together to create a joint venture in title or a joint venture in mortgage. And this has been done you know, in multiple markets across the industry. The time is now to deploy some of that capital that you've earned over the course of you know, the recovery uh, and really look to build. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, and I know like when you were talking about market dominance, um, you know, Hannah just bought her realtors to kind of expand their presence, but also in the real trends 500, the top 500 brokers have been gaining market share every every year. Um, in, in fact, the last two years at historic rates, um, which is is just incredible to me. Um, we've never seen anything like it, um, it through the rankings in the last 30 years of, of doing them. So I think the top four brokerage um, companies have 20% market share, which is unreal. It's just amazing, right? Um, yeah. And you know what you know part of what that speaks to is compression on margin. Yeah. You know, Steve Murray stated, you know, several years back that the brokerage company owners need to plan for 12% gross margins. Yep. Uh, and and he's spot on. Uh, yep. You know, most of the firms that we have an opportunity to dig into aren't there yet, but there certainly are firms that are at that, at that 12% gross margin level. And there's a defined trajectory that's headed in that direction. And, you yep. know, like it or not, these you know numerous new models that have proliferated the industry over the past decade have changed the landscape. Um, agents are more demanding. They expect higher level of services from their brokerage firms at a lower cost. Yeah. Uh, you know, the good news is, as an industry, we can still drive bottom line margin, but we've got to be really mindful of how we deploy our resources, and we have to be highly focused on efficiency and optimization across the enterprise. Yeah, yeah, and um, we do track um, margins, and I think they went from sixteen point four up 
something around there in 2016 to, to 2021, Steve um, thinks they're about 13% right now. So, yeah. So, yeah. So we're, we're, we're seeing heading, we're heading down there. So, so for sure. Um, my last question is just what's next for Karen real estate holdings. Man, we've got so much going on, uh, you know, simply put continued growth, expansion, uh, vertical integration, you know, again, you won't see much of Karen Real Estate Holdings being touted in the market, and that's okay with us. Uh, we're in this to help our local market operators to be the best providers in their respective markets and deliver to deliver this, you know, high level of service to our agents and to the consumer. Uh, we're going to continue to build the enterprise uh, that we have set out to deliver on. We're going to be highly focused on quietly becoming a major player in the industry. Uh, delivering a high level of value to our agents and operating, of course, with integrity across all of our markets. Um, you know, the good news is for us that we're in this for the long game. Uh, we're really excited about what the future holds. And, uh, you know, I'd be remiss to say, uh, to not say uh, that, you know, if if any of the listeners are considering an exit or a succession strategy, that we'd have an interest in talking to them to see if there's a fit. And you know what? I, one question I did not ask that I am curious about: um, Are you just looking for opportunities, or are you looking for certain markets? Like, are you looking in certain markets per se? Yeah. So we're we're getting very strategic about the markets that we're looking in, uh, based upon demographics, uh, housing market performance. Uh, where do we see being the growth markets over the course of the next next decade, uh, and how have the housing markets performed within those markets? Uh, secondly, you know, we're also interested in what the regulatory environments are uh, in those marketplaces. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of markets around the country that really fit, you know, within this, you know, call it a buy box. Uh, and there's a lot of great companies that are within those markets. So, um, yeah, we're trying to, uh, you know, take a rifle shot approach, not a shotgun approach, and uh, just be very smart about uh, the next phase of our growth. Okay, great. Well, Rick, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. I learned a lot and I am thankful that you are sharing this with our audience. Thanks so much, Tracy. Great to talk to you and great to see you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.